Show me something. Hello and welcome back to the Show Me Something podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Will. And I'm Trevor. And today I showed the boys the movie Brazil from 1985. Yes. Is that what it is? Yep. I wrote it down. Uh, By Terry Gilliam uh, of... um, Monty Python fame, uh, amongst other things. After that, he did a bunch of different directing and writing things. But um, in short, it's like a a movie. If you can put this movie in, in short uh, <laughs> terminology or whatever. Um, it's, it's like about a guy who works in the records department of this like dystopian-ish world um, that takes place neither in the past, present, or future. Um, it's kind of like a weird scenario, especially, uh, because of the art direction of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, he is basically like in this life in a dead end job and a whole bunch of shit happens, <laughs> um, uh, involving trying to find a certain guy, uh, trying to connect with a girl that he sees in his dreams and, uh, trying to fix his ducks in his, uh, in his flat. Um, <laughs> Amongst a whole bunch of other stuff that we'll get into later. But, uh, yeah, you want to start off, Will, by what you thought of the whole thing? Oh, we're just going to skip housekeeping and how are we and how Oh, how right, housekeeping. <laughs> Damn, Jacob, we've been doing this forever, you know? You'd think you'd get it down. Get him, Trev. Boop, boop, I feel boop, like... Boop. I get yeah, shit on like every I, time. I feel like that's one of the things I always forget to ask about is housekeeping. I feel like you guys are, are better at that than me. we got to ease um, ourselves in, man. We can't just jump straight in. For my housekeeping... Um, Beer-wise, I'm drinking a Miller Lite, so I'm on the light side <laughs> today. Uh, bought a 12-boy at Publix last week when I went. Um, and also, this is good because I didn't want to mention housekeeping. Um, I watched season two of, or what is uh, so far season two of Dr. Stone. Oh, you Yo! fucker. So yes! I'm not a poser slash liar. <laughs> so, Damn, I um, definitely didn't. Uh, did How you watch it? the episode that came out today? Uh, no, I didn't watch what, whatever came Me out either. today. I so, caught up uh, until before that. Okay, so cool. it's like seven or eight episodes or whatever was it out good? before that. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, I feel like Sound hesitant. I liked I liked season one more. That's fair. Still, from what I'm seeing so far, there's some cool stuff happened, but I feel like the first like three or four episodes were kind of boring. I don't know if you felt that same way, Trevor. I was season two. For me, I had such a gap between season one and two that I was just kind of like hyped to get back to it. So I didn't really feel that as much. How do you yeah. guys think I would feel about it at this point? Should I, I waste? Mean, should I happens. invest time? <laughs> yeah. So I you're saying no? Time. I don't know if you'll like it. I still think I, I, I would it. say I would say that there is some like actual events happening with the uh, the bad guys. Um, I thought yeah, this was a whole. Still... I thought this was like the whole war between him and Sukasa at this point. Yeah, not the case. Listen, I, you know, no spoilerinos. There's I mean, stuff. There is stuff happening. I mean, this season is literally called Doctor Stone Stone Wars. Yeah, I That's know. Literally the, the name of the season. So yeah. So is there a war? By se- by episode seven, is there? Well, a so war? far there are seven episodes of build up mostly. <laughs> oh no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that's is, why i said you wouldn't really like yeah, it yeah i know that's why i trust you There's what's the, cool what's my stuff. boy's name what's my boy's name that left after episode three and never came back that i was pissed about oh he's big back yeah he's oh he's back. back okay maybe I'll oh yeah he out. is back uh most recent episode other than the know. one that just came out today 
the second to most recent. That was that was a good yeah. moment. That was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, he's got some good stuff. Um, same with his girlfriend. But yeah, you guys uh-huh. got any other housekeeping? Yeah, I'm uh, on um, I'm on season two of The Sopranos. Um, I also restarted The Good Place, uh, really? which I have nice. which I've watched like I think I've seen the first two seasons front to back and then i maybe have like tailed off in season three i think abby's a big fan of that show <clears throat> it's i think it's amazing um it's really really good the writing is great the concept is great uh for whatever reason i stopped like i kind of lost pace with it so it's now finished so i'm going back to finish it for real but it's been so long that i figured it was worth starting over um yeah. now that i finished veep um Nice. Because you need, like, for me, at least, I, I say you, I mean for me, I need, like, a sitcom-length show and a full drama-length show for my own personal well-being. Like, there are going to be times where I don't want to invest in a full episode of The Sopranos, so I want just, like, a quick hit of The Good Place, you know? I My brain is broken, essentially, and I if I'm going to watch TV, I have to be able to finish a full episode in a sitting, so I always want to have the option of a 22 minute or a 50 minute episode um yeah i feel like for me i like having um like 30 minute based shows and i i don't i don't usually feel the need to have an hour long show yeah just because it's so yeah. long you know yeah but i also just don't watch a lot of tv <laughs> you're fucking up dude like the fact yeah. that you haven't seen sopranos madman the wire breaking bad um Dude, on my off day, I spent like 15 hours playing Bannerlord. Right. <laughs> I know. That's what, it's just like it's wild to me personally that that's that like you don't intake TV like that. Like I, I understand why you don't, mm-hmm. and like that's just again that's me. Um, that's my person personal opinion, but yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I I enjoy TV. Like I enjoy good television shows. I yeah. just I never like feel the, the urge to want to watch them on my own usually yeah, that's i mean that's you know? fair unless it's a show that i've already seen because i have that sick disease where i just like rewatching shows <laughs> yeah i mean i do too we're that's watching not a bad disease riss and i are watching it's um, not great adventure time now we like we've been watching it for a couple years but we, we had took she a seen break. it before though she has never seen it before no i've seen it front to back and we're we're on season six um which is where it gets like really really incredible like on a weekly Damn. basis for me um Anyway, so, and then, is that, is that, are you done with, with your housekeeping? Yeah, you sorry. Just no, I just distance. got to tell my mom, uh, and it's like some bullshit. Um, yeah, the, had I finished God of War last time we spoke? Uh, I don't remember. We're playing it. We're okay, playing. I rolled, I rolled credits on God of War. Um, nice. And, uh, that's been great. I'm also, I'm now going through, like, the post-game content, uh, but beyond that, yeah, I've just been making music, watching The Sopranos, and, and playing God of War for the most part. What about you, Trev? Uh, still working on Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, really good. It's a long game. We just got to St. Denis area, uh, in the story at least. I mean, I've, I've hung out there way too much already. Like, I just kind of went down there on my own. So, whatever. Um, See, for me, I didn't really like going to the city that much because I always ran into people and they got mad at me. Yeah, no, I don't like being in the city, but I was going down there a lot because I was hunting a lot of gators and stuff and then taking them to the yeah. trapper who was in the city. 
Also, like, when you barely, you're not even running into the people. You'll just be, like, going down the street and people will, like, people will be like, whoa! <laughs> like, fuck off! Yeah, they're <laughs> I so just go slower. I just go slower in the city. I'm just, like... I don't want to, like, barely trot. I, I want to get trot. through the city. I'm just doing a little trot through the city. But, uh, I was I was just, like, fuck off. Also, <laughs> I'm almost done with my first beer, but this is what I was drinking. I was drinking Please This Pie. You're keep... only on your first beer, dude? Yeah. And then, oh, I'm about oh, to open... Oh, yeah. Crack I, didn't, I didn't shut my beer out. That's fucked. Go for it. Do it. Sorry. Hey. Um, I'm drinking uh, Crying on the Inside by Threes Brewing. Um, I love that graphic. Is he is he pinching like a volcano or something? No. So he's he's lifting up the covers to show that he's crying behind oh. the covers. Oh. Um, Sad. That's from Clifton Park, New York. Uh, very good beer. IPA. Low, low I, deal IPA. I'm now about to um, switch over to the brewing project. Smoothie Sour. It's got this crazy, like, blender man on the front. So Nice. Hell yeah. I'm gonna... The Miller Lite can doesn't really have any fancy stuff on it. It just has a fine Pilsner. <laughs> just Don't show fine. us that shit. You just fucking... You just disrespected all of our video uh, Look at that viewers. I think that... Trevor's making boy. up for it. Trevor's that is making so up for it. thick. That's Holy thick shit. shit. Yeah. That is syrup. That is a smoothie. <laughs> Jeez, it smells good though. It smells like strawberries. Listen, every now and again, I just gotta pick up a case of light beer. Trevor drinks light beer all the time. You never give him shit. I've been <laughs> drinking podcasts. Um, He's been yeah, drinking not, these fancy ass Tavor. Yeah, box but he beers. he always drinks them as a warm up. As as you I know, used to, to give you guys a little bit of backup, guys. Not now. Backstory. I'm just having this stuff on 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 air at the moment. Yeah. At the moment, takes a sip. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what so else? I'm Will, watching. Would, would, oh, yeah, I'm watching okay, no, Wandavision no. as well. That's really good. Stuff. Oh, me too. Sorry. Yeah, Wandavision absolutely is wonderful. So Didn't good. We talk about this last time. Probably. Well, it's still coming out every week. So whatever. <laughs> Trevor, had you, true. Had you seen it at that point? I don't remember. Yeah. talking about I'm, it. At all. I'm keeping it up week to week. We for sure talked about it last week. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Just get past. The, I probably said the exact same thing last time, but get past the first it's two episodes. <laughs> I and like I think I said this last time. I didn't mind the first two episodes. I thought they were very weird and interesting. They're, they're fun, but they're it very, gets okay. it gets really good. Um, what else am I doing? Uh, I mean, me and Jacob just started a new game. We started for the king. Sure. On our off time, whenever we play games. Yeah, it's uh, like a video game version, like a light video game version of D and D slash like a style of like a JRPG combat style. What the it's, fuck? It's, it's weird and small and cool, and you could play with us, Will, cool. if you had a PC. It is three-player. Oh. It's, like, specifically three-player. He could probably run it on his Mac if it runs on that OS. He, he could play his brain. It doesn't seem like a difficult game. Yeah. Maybe I, could use, maybe I could use Riss's PC. There you go. She has or, a PC? I'm sorry. Sorry. Her Mac. But she has, oh. a brand, she has a much newer Mac than I do. Dude, I was about to fucking explode. I thought she fucking ah. bought a razor blade. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, you guys got any other housekeeping? That's more or less it. Oh, I, I finished most all of Daft Punk's discography. Since oh shit, time. that's huge What'd housekeeping. What'd you think? Uh, really good. Um, I very much like the Alive 2007 live tour album. Live tour, nice. Uh, it's really dope. It's got a nice mashup. I did skip a couple of things, like um. There's like you two shit. 
There's like two Tron albums. There's three Tron yeah. albums actually. Oh, don't worry about the Tron. That's those are soundtracks. Those aren't. Uh, and then for God, I forget one of the albums. Two of the albums have remix albums right after them, mm-hmm. of like other people who have remixed their songs. Uh, I listened to the first one. I skipped the second one. I was like, I looked at it and it was like four of the same song remixed by different people in a row. Yeah. And I'm just like, I those I don't listen- count. Yeah, those are fake. Those aren't uh, real albums. Okay. And then I listen. The discography is just albums by that person. Like remix albums, deluxe edition albums, fuck all that. Collab okay. albums you'll listen to though. That's that's you gotta um, those. Random Random Access Memories was really good. Oh, that's what it was called. That was yeah. what I mentioned last last time. Uh a lot of good stuff. I really enjoyed my time doing this. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys nice. talked me into doing it. I do want to try out one of the other Tron albums still. Uh, I've never seen Tron, either of them. Try the first one. Just do the first album. Human After All. No, is... I, I meant the movies. Yeah, I know. They're not good. Oh. <laughs> Human After All is pretty good as well. I kind of like that album. Homework was an eh album, honestly. Okay. Uh, But yeah, so I did that. I, I did it. Can you do? Can do you? Can we like do? I I want this to be a segment like Trevor's discography talk, like check in. Um, I mean, it might not happen for a little while because I got to catch up on some of my other. Yeah, listening. Trevor doesn't just listen to music, all right. But he did though. That's the point is that he did, did. listen to music. I got now, I got a no, I got I mean a wild kick forward. and I did it. We can make it a thing, and I'm gonna be good for a little bit. That would be uh, like giving Trevor two things to have to do for the next episode. So, do you mean for a little bit? You mean for the next twenty-seven years, right? Because that's the that's this is the first time you ever listened to a discography. Well, first all of right. all, I'm not twenty-seven years old. Twenty-six. I'm twenty-five. Jesus, Christ. I'm twenty-six. Fuck I'm the man. young one, which is weird because usually I'm the old one with my group. I'm about to be Will's thirty. 50. Dude. <laughs> We'll see. All right, well, grumpy man. We'll check we'll in with you when you're when you're when you're fifty, Trevor, for your next discography. All next right. Next time I listen to something, I'll let you know. Good 15 housekeeping. Fifteen minutes in. Let's talk about Good Brazil. Ha- yeah. Good housekeeping. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm up first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This movie was really fucking awesome. Um, nice. It is absolutely fucking batshit insane. So I think yeah. you, sh- you should know that going in. Um, it is visually insane it is uh in terms of the script insane um and the plot i think is probably pretty insane too there's a lot of crazy shit that happens that will probably throw you off um full disclosure we're recording on a thursday i watched this on monday night and i fell asleep 40 with 40 minutes left of the of the of the movie um not because the movie is boring, but just because I was so exhausted, so I had to, <laughs> I had to go back and Monday. finish it on Tuesday. Um, Damn. So uh, it's not overly long or anything. It was just you know Mondays are long days for me at work, and I uh, have started working out in the morning again before work, so that also contributed to my my exhaustion. Um, yeah, I think the runtime is what like it's two like, hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's like two fifteen. Yeah, it's so it's, it's, a, it's, it's like a you know a little bit over the average. It's manageable, and also I don't think that it. While you're watching it, it doesn't seem very long. Like it's not like a movie that drags. Um, it's very engaging. But yeah, it's it's really dope. Um, it's a great uh, Orwellian film. You know, it's like kind of like a uh, it's kind of a 
druggy analog to 1984. I feel like it's a really interesting satire about consumerism and capitalism. It's a dystopia. Um, Did you look up anything um, after watching? No, I wanted to um, because I feel like there's probably a lot of really awesome stuff written about this film. And my, I do just want to say about you calling it like Orwellian 1984. Uh, one of uh, the joke like things that he used to like to title this movie uh, was 1984 and a half. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Because of like the the references to 1984, and I guess also possibly based on like the movie Eight and a Half by uh, Oh Federico Molini. Fellini. Guy's name Fellini. Is. Fellini. That's. The fucking, haven't seen eight and a half but. that's the box set that my dad got me uh that i think i mentioned at some point he got me for christmas yeah. like a federal new box set he loves eight and a half to death and i that makes me very curious to watch that movie to see what the parallels I have, yeah, are i haven't seen eight and a half i don't know that anything is based off of it as much of just like him liking him that liking director. That film yeah that's, that's <laughs> yeah fair. um but yeah it's it's really great uh jonathan price was wonderful uh it was cool to see him he's the I mean, probably most commonly known as like the the head sparrow of Game of in Game of Thrones. I don't know what yeah. the fuck his actual name, excuse me, his actual name was, um, but he's like the the badass priest that Joffrey falls in with um, late in the show. You uh, mean like his most common role, like yeah, most recently? Yeah, I don't know what he's most known for, but that's what I knew him from. Um, yeah, he's also in the Two Popes, which I never saw, but it's a big a big deal. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I have less to say about it, but I think most of it will be better suited for the spoiler section. So, um, I'll say like a solid eight and a half. Um, it's a very unique film. I think it's absolutely worth watching. It's very engaging, and it also like the fact that it's uh, what is it like thirty six years old? Like, there's still a ton of relevancy yeah. in this film. Oh yeah, um, which is like really amazing. Just like. A massive shout out to Terry Gilliam, uh, who directed Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like this dude is like a fucking legend, even just for these two movies alone, let alone the rest of his filmography. Um, he made Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which I, I have never seen, but I obviously is very beloved. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really fucking cool. It's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. It's like the most it felt like a fever dream for a lot of it um yeah in yeah, a good way for sure in a good way you know fever dream without all the terrible aspects of, of a fever dream so yeah eight and a half uh really dug it thank you right on all right Trave? this was a this was a trip and a half oh <laughs> this was this was something uh i didn't hate it there uh i i liked parts of it a lot every now and then i'm looking at this and i'm like what just why and just kind of like it seems like it's going in a direction and then it just veers in another mm-hmm. and sometimes not the best way sometimes in a really cool way um it's weird i'm like the i guess more of the critic on this one <laughs> yeah i will say i don't think usually it's will's pissed like no. i i do also have flaws but i think that my Personally, my positives outweigh my flaws. And sorry for interrupting your review section. No, it's all right, dude. Uh, I do think it's better than not. I definitely think it's worth a watch. Uh, I don't get why it's called Brazil at all. Just going to throw that out there. I don't know if I missed something. 
You didn't. You, you didn't miss anything. It's okay, cool. The, the name Brazil is it's it's just called Brazil. There's really. the credits. It's like the, the the credits. I, the end credit song says Brazil yeah. a bunch, and then that's no the the, the theme song of the whole movie is the song Brazil. Yeah, and like the most of the soundtrack throughout the entire film is variations of Brazil. It's just like it, they'll be humming it or it'll be playing on the radio. It's just like apparently um, uh, he got the idea from like hearing a guy on the beach in a it was a really shitty day on a beach in in Britain somewhere and the and there was a guy just listening to this song on the radio and just enjoying himself immensely just loving it and and Terry Gilliam was like what how does that <laughs> how does that make whatever anyways but like i watched like the mini documentary thing um earlier today like about it's like 30 minutes long you can find it on youtube i think it's called what is brazil it's basically like everybody watch. in everybody in the movie they are like the writers and like a bunch of like production people and like actors it's so funny they'll like the interviewer will be like asking them why is it called brazil and they'll just be like they just they just like have no idea. They like don't know how to answer it. They're like, I don't know. Well, I, I think, don't know. I think this it's, and this we're probably gonna get pretty far off track here, but I think it's a really interesting dichotomy because Brazil and by proxy Brazilian music is like very happy and sunny. Yeah. And you think of the beach and you think of people playing I mean, this is I I, I say you, I mean me. I think of the beach, I think of people playing soccer on the beach sun tropical climate and then like you just have this utterly oppressive dystopian yeah setting and i think that like it maybe is just like a wink at like look how fucking awful this shit is like they're thinking about brazil as like this ideal yeah. in, i in guess i would say it's also nobody like talks about thinking about brazil in this entire character. film but he is you know? listening to he's listening to Brazilian music when he drives his yeah. car, and it's yeah, Brazilian music in quotes. It's it's like it's it's sort of like bossa nova, and also everyone should listen to Brazilian music. It is fucking wonderful. I love it dearly. Mad villainy uh, samples a ton of Brazilian music. Um, there it is. There, yeah. Sorry. So, like, I the the idea of Brazil in my head is like very romantic and. Uh, this probably has to do a lot with the things that I'm into, which are hip hop and soccer. Brazilian soccer is like incredibly romantic and fluid and and wonderful. And Brazilian music is sampled a lot in hip hop because it's so warm and melodic. Um, so that is me. Well, that's what I brought into the title of it yeah. being Brazil, which it I agree. It's got absolutely no bearing on the film itself. Yeah. Um, but but I anyways, love it anyway. But I feel like that's also like Sam's escape, right? Right, exactly. Like the, exactly. It's, it's his it's his main way to escape from this present yep, that he's but in. But his right main now. way. I don't want to get into it until we get to spoilers. But like his main way to escape has visually nothing to do with Brazil. No, of course not. But I think it's literally like an analog. So I don't you know. know. Like like he's he. So I don't think it's a spoiler to it's say the that, idea. Well, let, it's the let me get my let me get my score <laughs> yeah, out, and okay, then we'll move okay. on. Yeah. To, All right. well, <laughs> fuck. Let me get my score out, man. Come on. I'm trying to go. Oh, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. It was fine. That's respectable. There's, seven and a half, I feel hey. like, is more than fine. 
Yeah, that's that's solid. Yeah, that was good. Like, there was but that there was on very rating scale. Yeah, I mean, fair. also, I, I like having. I mean, it's been a minute since I played Cyberpunk, but every now and then, little bits of it, I'm like, this is like a little bit Cyberpunk dystopia. Cyberpunk. Over I will Runner. say, that, I will say that this came out before the, uh, the video game Cyberpunk. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> to just say uh, for the audience, thirty five years before. Uh, it- <laughs> when did the tabletop game come out? I know, I know that out. Trevor thinks that this ripped off no, Cyberpunk. I do but. not think that this ripped off Cyberpunk. <laughs> it might have ripped off the board game though. No, it Trevor, are you a, Cyberpunk are you a fucking is not, Zoomer? Not 35 <laughs> years old. When did right. uh, Dream of Electric Sheep come out? When did that book come out? Android's Dream of Electric Sheep? That's a good call. Yeah. All right, Cobb, go uh, into your it, review. I'll look these things up. Um, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, oh. I originally watched this. Go ahead, Will. Uh, Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, which is considered to be the basis of Blade Runner, came out in 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I couldn't find anywhere where um, he like referenced anything off of that. He definitely didn't. I'm just pulling shit up. out of my butt right now. Like, Cyberpunk, the Cyberpunk tabletop game, first edition was 1988, so three years after this. There we go. Yeah, the only thing that came up when I was looking into it was 1984, and I, it also came up that he didn't even read 1984. He just knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he had never read it. That's a better way, I think, time, to do it. Like, at the time just, of filming it. Also, Blade Runner came out in 82, so I think the analog to Blade Runner is fair because this is three years after the fact. Sorry, I'll stop interrupting everyone's review sections. Yeah. <laughs> no, you um, won't. That's all you good, won't. dude. I interrupt people all the time. I interrupt Trevor all the time. <laughs> I I can um, never get a word in, but it's fine. Uh, but yeah. So I originally watched this. I'm pretty sure in my film analysis class when I was attending uh, St. Petersburg College. SPC. Um, SPC. Yeah, go SPC. Go Titans. Um, it was a great class. Uh, we watched some French films. We watched Brazil. Uh, <laughs> we watched some other stuff. Um, and I remember when I originally watched it, um, I thought it was fantastic, and I absolutely loved it. And um, now I still liked it a lot, but I definitely didn't love it as much as I did then. But I think that was me just being a pretentious film boy. Because when I looked <laughs> back at what I rated, I rated it a 10 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> um, but to be fair, my ratings were very lax back then. I would rate like everything a 10 out of 10. Because I was basically going through all the movies that were considered like classics. And I was like, well, I, I got to give it a 10 out of 10. And now it's nice whenever I rewatch those movies and I can actually give it like my actual feeling of a rating. Um, so I, I'm like right around where you're at, Will. I would give it like eight, eight and a half. Um, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was really solid. Um, the, the characters in it were cool. The, the fucking, uh, effects of it were bizarre. Like, like the whole art design and the effects that they had to make for some of the people, like when all the plastic surgery stuff was going on was insane. The dystopian, like, um, authoritarian, like, even though, like, Gilliam has said, apparently, that he views it as just bureaucracy and not, like, an authoritarian state. He said in an interview that this is just how he sees uh, our present times, and, like, he doesn't think that it was actually, like, a dictatorship or anything like that. He was just like, this is bureaucracy. That's (laughs) Um, amazing. Which is fair, I think. Yeah. I I get the argument for that, to be honest. um, I think all that stuff is 
tight as fuck. Um, it was very funny. Um, there were so many parts that, that made me laugh. Um, the performances were great as well. Like, yeah. uh, Jonathan Price was great. De Niro mm. was great in his limited role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob Hoskins. Just, Shout out to Bob it Hoskins. It was really solid. Which guy was Bob Hoskins? He's, I wrote down everybody. He's one of the HVAC guys that comes in. He's the one who shows up trying to fix. Was he Dowser or Spore? He's the little, he's the little the one. Names. He's the little one who, who talks and doesn't echo I think that's everything. Spore. I think that's Spore. But, I don't know. I feel uh, like Spore those guys would be great. the sidekick. Spore is a very sidekick name. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, those guys were great. Their, their little dynamic was pretty funny. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was. It's it's a very interesting and like very dense movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a whole lot going on. So much so that the people that were in the movie didn't know what was happening a lot of the time. Yeah, I think it's also like uncomfortably relevant to today um mm-hmm. i think you could say that like any time i'm sure it was like incredibly relevant during the 80s yeah. you know during the reagan era yeah. like <laughs> yeah Fair. you know just so we're spoiler zoning now yeah let's jump into the spoiler right. zone for number sure. one thing i want to say his daydream thing reminded me so much of those weird bullshit cologne commercials that you see around the holidays hmm. no one that's if a anyone knows, specific reference, I have no idea. What it you're is. About. There but are apparently these... he wanted a samurai because he liked Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah, That's I guess. That's cool. But like, I don't know, him flying through the air with the girl in the, like, especially the, the early ones. It gets a little less like it during his fighting dream sequence when he loses the wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's flying around and he sees Jill in the distance with the long hair. You mean just because the... it looks dreamy? They do that a lot in I guess... commercials? Like these men's colognes commercials, it's like these just clouds in nothing fantasy-looking scenarios. Just like this, it looks like, like what your camera looked like before you fixed it before we started recording. Like that fuzz, that fuzz, nice. that Got glow. Him. Got it. I will say the thing that holds this back from having a higher score for me personally is those dream sequences. I think they're pretty uninspired um Mm -hmm. and they definitely took me out of it a lot of the time uh and i was like yeah anytime they popped up i was just like kind of waiting for them to be over i don't think they're very (laughs) visually interesting i don't think that they're very thematically interesting uh i can understand why you'd use a samurai as like a bad bad guy, guy but like there isn't really any legitimate explanation for why yeah. in terms of the film itself. Um, besides the fact that like, yeah, that armor looks daunting, but like, that's mm-hmm. not really a good enough explanation, especially when you consider the theme of the entire film. So like, those are the parts that kind of lost me throughout, but like we talk a lot on this podcast about world building. And I think that this is maybe one of the, best examples of world building that i've seen at least i mean definitely in terms of of what we've shown and watched on the podcast but maybe even overall like it it's just the rest of the movie not the dream sorry yeah yeah i i pivoted without explicitly pivoting yeah i the rest of the movie like the way the world is the way that technology is like 
the idea that Terry Gilliam had of technology in 1985 is absolutely fucking astounding. Like, yeah, those aspects of the film are so fucking cool and like they're all very bizarre. The form they're of the so bizarre. Yeah, like, when because it's a weird mix of past and future and present. Yeah, like, and like, also practical effects. I think like I think that that yeah. probably had a lot to do with it as well because they pretty much show everything in terms of practical effects like this is the 80s so there's not a ton of cgi so like they i didn't notice any they made everything more or less and like the the mo the first scene where you oh shit i forget his name uh when you see sam wake up in his apartment and like the toaster is this weird like open up toaster and like he just yeah. like goes through his morning routine of waking up. It's very Wallace and Gromit. It's super Wallace that, and Gromit. Uh, it's also Rube, super but Rube, Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. Rube Goldberg. Um and it's just like it's super engaging and I was just like completely floored by their idea of what like quote unquote future technology would be. Uh, in '85, it, it's just like yeah, it looks. Just, it, it, looks it is so not strictly cool. the future, though. Right. Yeah. Like, which is also it's cr- like I a mean, point that he tried to hammer yeah. home was like it's not, but it's it has not the to future. Be, it's it's at no. It's it just isn't. It's not it, the it future, present, or 20th, past. It just <laughs> it, it says at what like eight forty nine. Yeah, somewhere in the twentieth century. <laughs> somewhere in the twentieth century, which. We're in the twenty first right now, so this cannot be yeah. any sooner than. And they were at the latter. They were in the latter part of the twentieth century yeah. already when it came. So out. like, yeah, like it, it's just it just takes place in its own time. It just is. It's Brazil. <laughs> yeah, but I, the I, maximum I, I, this could be is fifteen years later. Yeah, right. Ninety ninety nine is the end of that, and or less than that. Yeah, fourteen years later. But this is obviously well beyond the technology that we had in ninety nine. But I, I, I choose to just kind of accept that, sure, that's the framework he wanted, but this is a futuristic environment. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I, I can't watch this movie and not think that this is, this is a future of, of where yeah. we're at. Um, but also, at the same time, though, you're seeing these things that are like the typewriter computer yeah, the yeah. ducks being everywhere the and ducks, being mangled with wires. The ducks and were like, amazing. Like the fact that it's like, the first wild. thing we see is like a commercial about do you do you do you dislike your ducts? And it's like, yeah. what the fuck am I? What, what are we talking about? Yeah, um, I do love that all the computers were like the tiny screen with like a big with a, a magnifier, magnifier over it. Yeah, yeah, a big like pla- not even like a magnifying glass, like a plastic magnifier, like with all the weird lines yeah. cut in it. Like, what? Yeah, is it was that the cheaper option, or and we never really see a big screen, except for a couple of the TVs. I don't. What do you mean cheaper option production wise? Not even production, just like world building wise. Like, was it cheaper okay, yeah, to keep a good. small screen <laughs> and then put like a. Like a magnifier. In I front thought of you were it. talking about production-wise at first, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they just wanted it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure I, they wanted it, but like, like world-wise, is that the reasoning? Like, was it I cheaper, feel like lighter, or something along those lines? It also just makes for really dynamic shots. That it they does can use. for sure because there because there's multiple screens, so you can get that like that shot when um uh, when Sam is in the office of his first boss when he's still working in records. Yeah. And he's like looking up stuff for his boss because his boss is incompetent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he, it's like that nice close up of his face, but 
everything else is just like a normal shot it's just so cool looking it's yeah. just so tight dude. i yeah, also love cool. i love that they're like in that before he comes into work they're like doing that whole run through of the office and whenever the boss goes into his personal so office funny. they all just like stop working and watch like old western tv shows so like that part of it like yeah it doesn't feel futuristic at all because they're watching black and white like it's like uh also everything is done very analog in this world yeah Yeah. so like nothing is digitally run or like automatic so a lot of of not super futuristic in that way there is a little bit with um remember whenever he's like in his boss's place on the computer when they're trying to deal with the check trying to give it back to miss tuttle or buttle yeah whichever one is the miss buttle miss buttle and he tries to do a, a transfer through the central computer for the money into her bank account. Remember? Yeah. That's the only mm-hmm. time, though, that it happens. Everything else But even is then, like, it's, like, done through, like, a tube system and shit. Like, <laughs> that was. But, like, I still, like, but the actual bank transfer. Yeah. He, but like, it was, was it was a combination of both is the thing. It was. You're right. Like, oh, my it's God. Still I forgot. Not, it's... It's still not 100% digital. Nothing is. Like, this is run in a paper society still. Like, it's still very... So many It's still forms. very 20th century. Yeah, but, yeah, the tube system is cool, though. I'm not going to lie. I like a good tube system. The tube system's dope. And it's definitely been done in other stuff. The tube system is great. Um, the tube system has absolutely been... Uh, I mean, the tube system's a somewhat real thing still. Yeah, I mean, if you go to a bank through the drive-thru, they have a tube system. A bank, and then I remember in Elf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was I was thinking of that, room. too. <laughs> yeah, he's got the tube system in Elf. Um, uh, what? And I do want to say um, about the dream sequences, I wish Will was still here to hear Yeah, I know, uh, he just got up. Because cause I wanted to talk about the dream sequences when he was when he was talking about it, but he kind of pivoted off of it quickly without anybody being able to rebuttal. <laughs> That's what he <laughs> um, does. Me and you will talk about it now. Let's go. So the dream sequence stuff is interesting because when I was reading about it, apparently that dream sequence um, that we see throughout the film of him with the wings, like basically is like an Icarus type character. He's like, David Bowie. And, <laughs> David Bowie. He's is David great Bowie. Man. That's well. Are you talking about just because of the face paint? <laughs> uh, that and the hair and the armor because of that one armor. movie. I forget what movie it is. I haven't seen it with David Bowie in it. But like, but, um, he, he what? His alternate personality was Ziggy, Iggy. Yeah, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Star. That's all he like. That his dream sequence is him as Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, but uh, so. What was I gonna say? The well, uh, I gotta tell Will now that he's back. I gotta tell him. Hi, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Dream sequence. Sam is Ziggy. Is Ziggy Stardust? Ziggy David Stardust. Bowie. David Bowie for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He knows. He gets. Yeah. It. I picture them as more of an Icarus type character. <laughs> no, I think it's a combination of both. I feel like uh, that's just, fair. But, uh, he's just David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. So, Will, what I was starting to tell Trev is that the when I was reading about it, the um, the dream sequence that sequence was originally supposed to just be in the beginning of the film and there were like in in whole and um there was originally going to be other dream sequences that sprinkled throughout the movie where like the chapters in quotes were ending and starting again um and they cut all those out because it was too much and didn't make any sense so they they ended up just splitting up that main dream sequence throughout the film and i think it works well like i i feel like it makes sense 
when things are happening in the story, like thematically, it makes sense. Trevor, so you look confused. When you I'm say looking at they, Will, Will, do you have Chick Fil A with you right now? Yeah, Riss Riss ordered food <laughs> and she had some leftovers, so I uh, on my way to the bathroom, I grabbed some. Uh, Sorry, that's what like threw me off. I was like, are you so? <laughs> when I when you say they, Jacob, do you do you mean the studio? Do you mean Terry Gilliam? Like, it seems odd to me that the director would be okay with well the cut. The cut that we got is Terry Gilliam's cut. There's actually a big, um, like, uh, there was a big fight between Terry Gilliam and what was this guy's name? I wrote it down. Um, fuck, where the hell did I write it down? But the, oh, Sid Scheinberg was the studio exec that uh, Gilliam was uh, fighting with that huh. wouldn't let him release his cut of the film. And Scheinberg had his own cut of the film that he wanted to release, but Gilliam already started showing people his cut, which is the one that we got. Um, <laughs> and people loved it. They wanted to like nominate it for best picture and shit. Uh, critics loved it and stuff. Um, so that's the one they reg- uh, eventually went with after some fighting. Um, and <laughs> even on in one interview, I forget what interview it was for, but Terry Gilliam put up a picture of him. Of Sid Seinberg and said, this is the guy you should be mad at because you can't see my film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's, um, it it is the cut that he wanted with it split up. I guess he also made the decision that uh, the other ones didn't make sense. But there Mm. seemed like there was going to be some cool ones. Uh, And they talk about it a little bit in that mini doc. But um, yeah, yeah, so I mean... the, the. the dream sequence is weird, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I can't I think... say that it's not weird, and it is jarring. The thing is, <laughs> yeah. it's, it can't not be there, like because their story breaks. There's, they're like their story breaks, breaks but also it's like his whole thing, Sam's whole thing. Like he never once really tells what's her name, Jill. Yeah, that Jill. she's she's really being hunted. Like I don't really remember. Him ever saying like, oh yeah, by the way, the information retrieval wants to like find you and bring you in and make yeah, you does. disappear. When he rescues her, doesn't he? He does tell her. He does? He yeah. Bar- yeah. If, uh, to me, it feels like he barely he said, ever says he's... it. Every other time, he's just like, I saw you in my dreams. I love you. No, Trust what do you, me. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? No, the whole in the part truck. when he first meets her. Yeah. <laughs> he barely like, mentions it. And then the rest of the time, it's like, I saw you in my dreams. Like, I I disagree. He, he makes me, it very clear. Yeah. To me, it seems like he keeps it real weird and like crazy. Though, like he's a crazy person the whole time. And the fact that she falls for him, wild, wild. Yeah, that part seemed uh, rushed and strange to me. Yeah, um, the fact that she and comes also back seems at like all. I feel like it should have been one of those things to where only in his mind she fell for him. You know? I guess, but it and happened not in reality. No, I know it did happen you? in the story, but I feel like it shouldn't have. I, so know? that's another thing. I'm unsure of, like, I know there's a pretty clear distinction of when we enter the dream sequence that happens towards the end of this film. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of points earlier on where I'm like, is he already, is he in some sort of dream sequence? You think he's an unreliable narrator? Very. It's possible extremely he's definitely unreliable towards the end (laughs) yeah but that end i mean that's 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 a different narrative narrative device i think like yeah yeah. but they show it it almost feels like that started the moment he got 
like the moment he pulled uh they got in the car crash i guess or like with the, not even a car crash like, like where would it even have started i don't know where it would even have started yeah i don't i don't agree i feel like he's there's just he's, like he's the on the level sh- until he gets into that the chair I mean, torture chamber essentially yeah which looks like with it's his inside of one of the big uh nuclear silos it is yeah. yeah they shot it in a nuclear silo too that's dope that's crazy uh, and those tracks that you see, like on the pathway, if you go back and look, were just the tracks that they had to have for that dolly shot. <laughs> really? That's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember that's seeing really the tracks cool. and I was like, oh, that's how they I didn't the notice them. And, and then I went back and watched that and like read stuff about the movie. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this mini doc. Yeah, there's. It's good. There's. I, I have a. Like, I want to do a lot more research because, like, this. This movie should be talked about more. Like, I was aware of this film, but didn't really know much about it. And I feel like it's yeah. just, like, it's really fucking cool. <laughs> it's not super talked about, um, for sure. It's, like, it's really dope. I have a few um, notes that we've kind of bled over that I... Yeah, go for it. Uh, I just love, like, we talked about world building briefly, but... I didn't dig quite into it. I like in the background of a lot of the shots in the city, you know, where he's out walking around or someone is out walking around. There are so many cool little things in the background that you may or may not have noticed. There's a talking about the propaganda. Yeah. The propaganda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah, exactly correct. Cobb. So the, I have two written down and I'm sure I missed a bunch, but uh, suspicion breeds confidence. It's just like, fuck, nice. it's fucked. It's like I read that and I was like, holy shit, this is like 2021 all over again. Um, <laughs> Pretty good. And then I also love where I don't remember quite where it is. I think it's after he and Jill first like kind of break off from each other from from one another after he yeah. thinks she bombed the mall. Um, there's someone walking down the street with like one of those classic like God signs, but it says "Consumers yeah. for Christ." For Christ, yes. <laughs> and did you hear that the line after that? So no. good. That's one of the only notes I took. <laughs> did you hear the line after no, that? No. What was it? Um, the little girl when she's talking to Santa, she's sitting on his lap because this oh, takes yeah. place on Christmas. Yeah, 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 by the yeah, way, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is considered a Christmas Christmas movie. movie. Yeah. Um, he asks her what she wants for Christmas, and she says a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> That shit is. Fucked. I remember it's that. So I remember funny, that though. happening. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. wild. I missed that. I missed that. See, that's the kind of thing. Like, I feel like there is so much effort and intent put Dude. into so many of those little the jokes background and story stuff. Building yeah, things. I mean, this is the guy who made fucking Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. that, that really Brian shouldn't go shit. unnoticed. Like, this dude is a comedic genius, right? Like, pretty, pretty yeah. well recognized, universally recognized as someone who is a a bastion of comedy and he makes this like really like it's a very dark film but it is yeah so funny at the it's way time. darker than monty python it's if you so guys are monty python darker. heads and you've listened to this podcast so far and you want to watch brazil it's not going to be similar to monty python but no. it is still funny it's really funny but it's dark as fuck and yeah i just it's it's really really fucking good and there are 
I mean, have we talked about De Niro yet? Have we can we bring in De Niro at this point? Yeah, let's 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 talk, let's about, talk about De Niro. Dude, Harry Tuttle is so fucking cool. Like he is. He's great. He so I love his screwdriver thing where he's like Yeah, that's a real thing to be fair. I know, yeah. Okay. Apparently those tools De Niro brought in. So basically <laughs> Oh, really? That's Sam cool. Sam wakes up one morning or night or whatever the fuck or he goes he gets home and his his air conditioning is broken. He can like barely breathe. It, yeah, he wakes it, up in like the middle of the of night weird... in like a, a sweat. Like he's sweating right. in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we cut to him like with his head in the freezer of his refrigerator. He's uh, called trying... Central Service. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he trying he to... calls trying to get the shit fixed. They say we can't come out until X amount of time, or that he doesn't get through or something. I I don't quite remember, but it it jumps to him asleep with his head in his freezer. Um. And he gets a knock on the door, and no, it's the phone entrance. ringing. Sorry, yes, you're right, 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 right. The entrance is is crazy. So you get the phone call. Yeah. They ask, "Is this you know Sam, whatever the fuck his last name is?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And and the camera kind of pans back, and you see in the background of this shot of Sam on the phone, Harry. someone someone entering his apartment with a gun um, on the phone. Yeah, on the phone, and you can tell at that point that it's him talking to Sam, um, asking him, these, like, is this Sam, whatever your name is? Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, who, who is this? And then, you know, it's it's Harry Tuttle, a.k.a. Robert De Niro, uh, holding a fucking, si- I think, silenced pistol? Just a pistol, okay. Um, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what it I was. IMFDB Trevor comes through. Yeah, he has a pistol. He's, he looks like us. He's a spy, essentially. He like walks in. He has his face covered. Uh, he's holding a gun at Sam's head, uh, and he's like, he's like a freelance HVAC guy, who is just he, he's like much a resistance saying, HVAC guy. Like yeah, yeah, it's very does- strange. He's like, I'm. I just have to be safe because I've been set up this way before. As if like he's gonna get killed for being a freelance HVAC man, <laughs> which is also just like a Absolutely. great wrinkle in the in the world building. That is, um, by the way, that is a Walther P thirty eight that he was using. Classic James Bond gun, right? Uh, James Bond does use a Walther. I do not believe he uses the P thirty eight. I think P thirty three is a PP seven. Jacob might be right. It is. It's a Walter PB7. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think so Jacob's right. But. So yeah, Tuttle yeah, comes in. As I in. fucking pour my beer. Come on, guys. Tuttle you guys comes don't in. Fucking know about James Bond guns? Out. Cowards. I just know Aston Martin. Uh, yeah, Tuttle comes DB5. in, pistol out, freaks out Sam, uh, and he's like, "I'm here to fix your, uh, you know, I, I intercepted your call essentially. Like, I'm here to help <laughs> I'm you here. out." Uh, and that I'm here. What are you gonna do about it? He's like a resistance fighter slash terrorist. That is also. A we don't know who... if he's a terrorist though. Yeah. Also, it's yeah, implied okay, that so he is. What, what is you guys' what's you guys' view on the terrorist I have a theory. situation? I have movie? a theory. I have a theory. I have right. a theory. My theory. Trevor, what's your Jason? theory? I don't have a theory. So. My theory is that the government yeah. is doing it. Yeah, that was my theory. <laughs> my that is my theory. The government is doing it themselves. It's the government to keep themselves in power. They create yeah. the problem that they are trying to solve. It's been what did that they makes say sense. from the beginning? Th- I thirteen agree with years, or whatever that the the bombings have been going on. Is that what they said at that interview at the beginning? 
Yeah. Also, like, every that's time a anything time. happens, the the like SWAT team breaks in and like yeah. starts fucking shit up. It's they're like, like we right there, ready to go. We didn't mention them. Like their whole the like don't cut care. a hole in the ceiling thing and like firemen pull down into someone's apartment. They um, they look. Oh, I gotta see if this is older or newer. But they look dude, like the part with the Buttle family was so sad. Yeah. That was yeah. Very here's sad. the receipt for your husband. That was like one of the first. Yeah. Notes here's I some took. cash, bitch. <laughs> That is your receipt for your husband. That is such and a then Sam's like, thing Sam's to like, say. I didn't have to come. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, come and on. And she's man. like, she's like completely delirious and has no idea what's happening. Um, Those bastard kids destroy his car. It's technically not his car. Yeah, because they reference it. Yeah, later. it's a company transport, but yeah. still, that little three wheeler, <laughs> that little uh, it's dope. scorpion, whatever the fuck they call him. Uh, while Trevor's looking up whatever he's looking up, I just will. I was just trying I'll, to see when this. So the the, the I, don't know what I guess doing. the people might have taken inspiration from this, but the, the first thing I thought of was Ill Gang Wolf Ill, Ill huh? Gang the Wolf Brigade. Wolf Gang and that's like kill them all. Wolf Gang no, Puck. No, it's called. Come on now, let me. I'm trying to actually <laughs> say something. Ill Gang the future Wolf, Wolf Gang kill them all. No, it's the Wolf Brigade. Trevor, I would love to hear you because Will keeps interrupting. I know. I keep getting interrupted all the time, and it's fine. <laughs> Trevor, hurry. But say Anyways, the, the, don't just say the I'm being soldiers reminded me they look very similar in both of those pieces of media. They look, like kill like zone. they look like Are you kill talking zone. about Wolfenstein? <laughs> no, Killzone. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Are you talking about CSGO? <laughs> Wait, I still don't even understand what you said, Trevor. <laughs> moving on. It, this came out way later. I thought this was like based on something earlier, so I was just wrong. So just moving on. Big wrong. Imagine being this big wrong. <laughs> uh, 27 Trevor, B stroke don't 6. don't be sad. Don't, don't drink your thick-ass smoothie. What do you here. guys think? Like, What do you guys think of the 27 B stroke 6? Pretty good. I thought that was a nice scene. It was solid. Like you, have did, you, did you look up what it means? Wax him no, with the wrench. What does that mean? Apparently, it's like um, the numbers from the address of uh, uh, Orson Welles when he was writing 1984. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's Apparently, legit. it's cool. like it's like it's like the address number and the apartment number together. That's like super the, legit. I'm very into that. Is, that's awesome. That's. that's that's per IMDb. I think uh, uh, my favorite. Which is tight as fuck. <laughs> I think my favorite visual of the entire film is Tuttle just ziplining off into the fucking distance. So cool, and they That's had to do that scene. practically, which is tight as fuck. Which isn't like I. Do they touch that on the uh, in the documentary? In the doc, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because it's insane. He goes like, it looks like he's going like forty stories down. Dude, he's going like a thousand miles just per hour. Like, like, <laughs> they had to speed Shut that up. Down. It's it's they really had to cool. speed that up or something. Um, well, yeah, they sped it up, and apparently, it's just like a little figurine going down. So. Oh, yeah. well, then that's fine. I think uh, it wasn't De Niro. <laughs> that was great. A shout, Robert De Niro. I think the shit. Uh, shout out the practical effects department. Jesus yeah. Yeah. Christ! They killed it. Like, they killed it. if they we're gonna do a so shout good. out, that's the biggest shout out. They, that's the biggest. shout they like, filled a, the, a suit up with human shit. That was great. Yeah. Oh God! The the do you honestly, think they the died? Coolest... I don't yes. think they died. But go on with what you were saying, Trevor. I, for me, one of the coolest practical effects was uh, in the dream sequence. The big pillars coming up out of the ground. I thought yeah, that was a that really was cool. cool. That was a dope practical was effect. Cool. Yeah, I had. Have... Well, I thought you hated the dream sequence. 
I did, but I have <laughs> exploding pillars of earth written as a note. Yeah. It just looks amazing. Like, that's so fucking cool yeah. looking. Um, I feel like I didn't like the dream sequence as much while watching, but thinking about it now, I feel like the dream sequence was amazing. No. <laughs> Thoughts? No. Disagree. I think they're both. I think it was great. Both. Watching it and thinking about it, it was like this is a this is this exists. I was neither did dislike it or liked like, it. It was just this happened. I disliked I feel all like of it Terry except Gilliam knows what's up, and I have I have no place to to say anything against that. You know that bit where like he's <laughs> I, about to fight a real person, and then all of a sudden he like becomes Ziggy Stardust and like stabs a samurai. Yeah in the stomach with like a fire lance like that well, the fire dumb. i think was inside of the samurai yeah the fire just comes within... out of the samurai's body yeah doesn't sure. matter like exhaust stupid scene stupid scene. oh but it, what did it's... you guys think of his friend jack with the baby mask? jack's an asshole yeah yeah, yeah. the jack. other monty python guy Come he on, thinks he guys. can just like give the jack's not his friend he thinks he can give sam a suit and then just like murder him i thought that part was kind of funny it was like <laughs> It was like almost the same suit, and he was like, "He was like, you can't, you can't wear this here. Have this. You need suit. a better suit. <laughs> you need a better suit. Maybe that suit had the because I don't know if you guys remember the second time he was talking to Jack in his office. Jack was putting uh that ballistic plate in his vest. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if maybe that was what he meant. We gave him the other suit. It it had like some I don't sort think of... it was. I I think it was like that subtle difference of like. Like even in reality, if you you if you're a suit guy or if you know anything about suits, there are like certain suits that are like clearly dog shit compared to other ones. You know, I guess yeah. I don't know enough. Like even <laughs> me and Kirk have talked about it on Ned Pod, where we talked about how the three button suit is trash. <laughs> three button suit is dog shit. Even my yeah, show, it's dog shit. My Thank show you. Agrees. Trevor has no idea. I bet Trevor owns a three Look button at my suit. Show. My show's like, I think mine's a two. I think mine's a two. Suit. Mine's a two, I'm pretty sure. He's a baby boy that clearly does not want to be held by his dad like all. three times in a row trying yeah, to hold I'm him. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to give him like a, a bonus for our visual listeners. But um, yeah, can we kind of like transition to the final 20 minutes or so of this film? Yeah, let's do it. Like, absolutely. So when he's brain dead. So we get, we get a... Um, basically, Sam gets back home, right? After deleting Jill, Jill. From, the, from the database... She delivers the very questionable line of care for a little necrophilia, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is I thought that was hilarious. I was like, "Holy shit, this is weird." Um, so, so she's wearing up. one of his mom's wigs. Which Yo, is kinda yeah, weird. So I thought that that would end up being his mom, and he would fuck his mom. Uh, obviously, that, that doesn't been... turn out to be the case. But like the way they're building towards his mom's continual plastic surgeries to be younger i was like is this but at the end in the dream sequence funeral his mom is his lover yeah 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 and also that poor lady that poor lady who kept doing the acid thing that kept getting worse and worse was just a bottle of goo and bones so that gross. part was funny as fuck. So that was cool. Abby hated it. She thought it was disgusting. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was wild. It's so um, gross. A fucking skeleton jelly person falling out of a coffin. Gnarly. Real quick, Gnarly. I gotta I gotta point out the that lady's daughter, whatever her name was. Um, with the with the headgear? With the headgear. I really yeah. appreciated the scene where he's finally like talking to her on the couch and like yeah. I know our mothers are trying to get together and she's like, Oh no, don't worry. I don't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like 
What oh, about the sick. salt scene where she's like salt? <laughs> just salt? Goes, <laughs> salt. And then, the, and last... then the bomb goes off and everybody just continues to eat dinner. Yeah, so and then she's like, dude, pepper. And he's just I like, I love I'm those here. parts where it's just like bombings happen. It's just like it is what it is. Yeah. It really... Also, the fact they have to pick a number like off of the this giant light up menu. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. He's the like, just give me the steak. Made them pick a number. Pick a number. Save and then it's the just number. a goo pellet. It's <laughs> number three. So gross. That guy was great. Um, great performance. So there's like a remote control drone strike, which I think is like pretty ahead of its time. Um, remote control drones? What yeah, are you talking So there's a guy who... Milt me and Trevor like, what the fuck? He's, what? Like, he's like laying down and he's controlling a robot. Like oh, via a screen. Oh, robot... It's like a it's like a remote control like a RCXD from Call of Duty Black Ops, if you know what I'm remote saying. Drones. I do I know, do what, know he's what you're about. saying. I don't I don't remember what that was. In that the movie. happens whenever they're in his dream sequence and they're going out the front lobby. Yes. And they're in the big firefight in the front lobby. Yes. And a bunch of the other I assume HVAC. Yeah. Yeah. Guys they get break, killed. It's like when they like, break him out of being tortured by jack mm-hmm. one of the first thing that happens is that he like they're fighting this they're fighting the government i guess once they get to the lobby that's when it happens yeah, the gun yeah. battle yeah the gun battle and Where then all the also... guards for some reason have spaz 12s every single guard has yeah. a spaz 12 i knew that's i knew weird. they have ak's and spaz 12s um, i feel like we haven't mentioned i'm fdb in a while Trevor, we did you were we just, you were in you the were bathroom gone. he referenced Fuck. it for the walter for the walther pistol that tuttle has bitch um, that was the only gun I didn't really know off the top of my head. Like the 1911 that happens early on, that was pretty obvious. Yeah. Show your merch. Now we finally earned video for the first reference. Show the merch. I don't have merch. I'm wearing Bitch. I'm, I'm wearing Legend of Zelda today. Now Why? all of our audience knows you don't have yeah, merch. Yeah, you're a fraud. God damn it. I would love to, um, Do they have merch? In that Buy some, in please. that sequence in the lobby, there is a reference to a classic film. Do either of you know what it is? In the lobby, no. this is not from not from what I can remember. No, all right, what cool. Is it? So there's one of the like robot things slowly like tumbles down the stairs as one of the soldiers is trying to catch it. Oh, Battleship Potemkin! Yeah, yeah, Cobb. <laughs> okay, there we go. Shout out to Cobb, <laughs> the Odessa steps of Battleship Potemkin. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is very clearly a reference Trevor, to... Trevor, you don't know that? Trevor, wow. you can no longer consider kid, yourself a kid film Kid didn't boy. go to film school. What a fucking a loser. Pe- Trevor, your minor was in film analysis, you Yeah, bitch. it was. I this didn't watch that. Fucked. We watched a lot of weird French My minor films. was in history. I didn't wow. watch dick in history. Wow, Trevor. So there's an Andre Tarkovsky silent film called The Battleship Potemkin. A very famous yeah. scene in the classic film is... From this scene. film called The Odessa Steps, and it's a baby carriage falling down this massive set of steps. Well, the film it. is called Battleship Potemkin. Right. The scene is The, the scene Odessa is The Odessa Steps. That's what I said. That yeah. I Hold on. I might have actually seen I that. I thought you now, said the reverse. Wait, now that. that you're saying that, we might have actually seen that. You definitely Trevor, saw you for it. Sure I, I don't seen think it. a you film sure class exists that hasn't watched The Battleship Potemkin. It's okay. Like, it's a really big like, deal. It's really, yeah, it's huge. Like the, now Everybody that you're describing it, because like, I was think, I'm still thinking about a robot falling down stairs. Yeah, like, like, I don't remember this. It's a baby a carriage, second. and it's a massive set of stairs. It's like 60 stairs, and it's like slowly yes. 
falling down yeah. instead of stairs because a woman got murdered on this. And yeah, think about all think about the, the Bolsheviks and the proletariat, and yeah. think about how we need to take down um, the anti-communists. <laughs> yep, Antifa. <laughs> all right, Trevor, so, you're a card-carrying Antifa member, aren't you? Great reference. Uh, I was super into that, and then also. I have two more notes. Um, the newspaper Harry Tuttle was amazing. I don't know what it symbolizes. I don't know what it means. Oh, like him, him being covered right. like him getting tackled and attacked by newspapers and then just like vanishing into thin air. To, to me, to me, it seems less like newspapers and more like the receipts paperwork. and the bureaucracy paperwork. Yeah, sure. And it was agree. him being disappeared by the system. The system yeah. absorbed which is, which him is and awesome. made him disappear, in my opinion. Yeah. Which is fucking I also awesome. saw it as paperwork, not newspapers. Fair. Just yeah. like, just fat, fine print. <laughs> yeah. Because he talks about how he doesn't want to deal with that, and he just wanted to live mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment on the front lines. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to be a fucking mechanic yeah. <laughs> or an engineer or whatever. He wanted to he do wanted HVAC, to. and then that's, yeah. that's like whatever. Yeah. And then like, we he learned at HVAC. the end that this is all a dream anyway but like yeah you know you don't necessarily think that like my first thought is not to doubt the reality of what's happening in a given film my um dude i had seen it before and i didn't remember that yeah i I was just like i was like holy fuck great magic trick straight (laughs) up the only reason i didn't i like didn't doubt that immediately was because I had already doubted the movie so many other times. Yeah, fair. For being in a dream sequence, yeah. and I'm like, it still hasn't said it's a dream sequence, so I guess this is all real. Yeah. And then they finally reveal it, and I'm like, okay, there it is. Also, so then, something I want to mention is when they're driving in the truck when he's with um with the girl Jill. finally in her like in her dope pickup or like tow semi, truck thing yeah. semi yeah with semi truck or whatever. Uh, all that road they're driving down with the billboards completely walling off everything is like it's so cool so cool it's such a fucking dystopian like oh fuck, yeah that sucks and they like, get out they get out into like beyond the billboards and it just looks like death stranding it's just like yeah valleys like valleys of green which yeah, is, but in his, it's just England it, or Scotland but it like, also makes me big sad for the the ending when like all he wanted was a nice life in the country. Yep. Yeah. With like his living out of that trailer. Like, yeah. They had a just, cow in like a nice little fence like yeah. there, and it was it was good. And it yeah. just nice. couldn't come true. He was and they just yank it away brain from dead. Us. <laughs> like classic bait and switch. So that and his friend just didn't mm, give a fuck. That brings me to my my final question for the both of you: Do you enjoy endings like that? Do you enjoy yes. that as a narrative device? Are there any times you can think of where you hated that that that, that was the case? Um, I, do you do you like unhappy endings in general, or do you always I want do. a happy ending? Unhappy endings definitely have their place. For me, I tend to appreciate the dream sequence type situation more when it is not the end of the film. Yeah, I like it more when there is, like, it happens, and then we get to see like. A reality actually play out right this is one of those i I think it's more interesting when it's at the end because it makes it it's like a darker twist on your normal narrative yeah but it's so easy to do in my opinion i don't think it is i think it's easier to do it way in the middle of the film when it doesn't matter you know because this is completely changing the 
the sequence of the film. It's changing the ending. It's changing everything. Like the ending is what the movie ends up being about. It's like yeah, completely 20 minutes it. of them being d- in this reality and then that reality being yanked out from under you. I do want to say I didn't when it's super middle, dislike like this. I like this was not horrible. I'm just stating my preference. I yeah, do prefer fair. it not. And go ahead, go ahead. finish your. Which I did. I mean, that that is my question. You know, I didn't. I didn't specifically yeah. ask about this film. My overall preference is not to have it right at the end because it just feels, uh, in some cases, not necessarily in this case because it did kind of work, but also it. I don't know. This ending was weird overall, but for the most part, I like it to be earlier on, yeah. in, a film. Where we can actually get some like some real, whether it be good or bad, resolution that actually right. happens, right? Uh, but like having it as a the the end be yeah. just that was a dream. Let's go. It's actually sad. Moving on. Yeah, like it I, makes it <laughs> such a sad and dark and heavy ending because mm-hmm. like it's so brutal. It's such a brutal turn from what just happened. And he's just humming the Brazil song, which is like <laughs> so sad. The saddest thing that I think could be there. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he never reconnects with Jill. Well, she's his maybe best dead. friend. She could be dead, but I, I assume she just was either arrested or left there at the flat. They, there was gunshots. Dead. There was yeah, gunshots. They shot her. They shot her. They don't show it. They don't they show don't. it. Right? But after they take him into custody, there are a multitude of gunshots. Yeah, but um, I I forget what my train I forget what my train of thought was. <laughs> Sorry, you were like, I forget what train of thought was too. So <laughs> he's humming and it's sad and all it's that. Gone. That's kind of what you said. The all train right. of thought's gone. It's been demolished. So I'll well, I'll go ahead. Hopefully this will spark you. But I. Am a gigantic sucker for a sad ending. I think that they don't happen enough. I think that film and television are to a fault relentlessly optimistic. I love when a film doesn't hesitate to, or or a television show doesn't hesitate to kill characters. Um, Go ahead, Trev. I will say, I definitely feel like there is a reason behind endings not being sad that often. And it's because generally media, especially in our modern age, is an escapist thing. You don't necessarily want, like, a lot of real life is a sad ending. You kind of want to watch something that's got something positive. But I do appreciate a sad ending on occasion. I think it's harder to pull off a good sad ending, though. Yeah. I mean, I... I I would say that it's more often now that it's a sad ending than it was in the past. Like, if you looked at, uh, at older movies, like... 99% 99% of the time you're going to have a happy ending where it's like the guy gets the dame and then he like <laughs> you know he wins it all and like now there it's the movies are more dynamic like I would say from the 70s forward uh, movies are more dynamic I guess I consider movies that old to be more <laughs> more modern <laughs> but yeah. that's just because as three of us tiny little film boys have seen a lot of old movies yeah i mean relatively speaking i think the last 40 years are modern the last 50 years are modern i mean film yeah has been a legitimate independent art movement form since the early 20th century and like sure the 70s maybe you know maybe it's not quite 100 years of modern quote-unquote cinema but i think that it's a good it's a good um benchmark 
I I love an ambiguous ending. I love a deliberately sad ending. I think that a lot of movies and TV shows could benefit from killing more people. I yeah understand why not being afraid to do you it. You know, I understand why they don't because, like Trevor said, a lot of this media is created to be escapist and to take you out of the (laughs) depressing reality of life you know like you know a lot of the time we don't want to get home from our shitty nine to five and watch something that reminds us how absolutely brutal life is but um, excuse you, uh, not all of us are on nine to five. I'm on a three a.m. to. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm on a midnight to six a.m. Thank you very much. Um, because right, so, people that aren't boomers have to work schedules that are ridiculous and right. not being able to afford so anything. We get mm-hmm. home from our the lifestyle and capitalism a week job, <laughs> uh, and we just want to see happy shit. And I think that the impulse to proactively avoid that kind of assumption or desire from the audience like is incredibly valuable and i i love it when there's not a clearly defined ending or if there's a traditionally unacceptable ending so yeah uh, my last note for this film is all caps classic bait and switch you know and i I think I probably would have been at like maybe a seven and a half barring the ending. And I think the ending is wonderful. Uh, It's absolutely depressing and it's incredibly sad. The last 20 minutes are phenomenal. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. And I, you know, I fell asleep during them (laughs) the first time through. Which is awful, but I'm incredibly but glad. To be that fair, I, I I was starting to fall asleep in the middle too. Yeah, but I powered through and took yeah. a quick break because, yeah. listen, we're working boys. All right. Yeah, I'm fucking exhausted. I was when so I get home. Beat. I was so beat. <laughs> like ten o'clock Monday night. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm so tired, dude. This was only like this was like six thirty yeah. on, on a fucking Wednesday. But yeah. like, goddamn, I've been up for like fifteen hours yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I. Yeah, I, I, I just, I love something that has the balls. And I think maybe back in 85, it wasn't necessarily considered a bold move to do something like this. But increasingly nowadays, I think it's rarer and rarer for a piece of media to make that difficult choice to like, you know, not necessarily kill your main character because Thrones made that kind of a norm. But like... To leave you on kind of a dour note, I think is really powerful, and I love it when that happens, and this is a film that absolutely benefits from that. I think it makes you think about it twice as hard, because it's awful. Like, this dude is, like, straight up, Sam is brain dead at the end of this film you know they yeah, say he's yeah. he's no longer with us and they like, get up and walk away and you zoom into his face and he's just kind of like humming the theme song and then you yeah. cut to he's dreaming of a different he's world he's dreaming of a different yeah. place he's dreaming of brazil yeah. and I, I i just like that's so Man, that's sad it's yeah. it's so sad it's well, so that's sad, too sad. Don't, but you it's, can't say that no, dude, it's so brazil, sad man. but it's so <laughs> perfect because a lot of Life nowadays is that, you know, you don't get is that dreaming of Brazil, you're that dreaming might... of that happier place. And I, 
it's incredibly depressing, but I think it's just really, really fucking awesome. I agree. Too. Honestly, Especially in quarantine, I would say the yeah. dreaming of Brazil is very big. You know what's yeah. sad is that that might actually have been the happiest possible ending he could have mm-hmm. received, too. Like, they're, like him actually yeah. ending up with the girl in this society seems yeah. zero to none. Yeah. So this is probably his best bet being... Well, yeah, it would have never living, stopped. Yeah, being a right. vegetable, thinking about happy memories or happy scenarios for the rest yeah. of eternity. Yeah. Like, Shout out to yeah. fucking Terry Gilliam, dude. This makes me really want to watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This makes well, me... And also, apparently, there are other... Uh, there's one that he made before this. Ah, fuck. It's, 12 Monkeys? It's called, like... No, it's... Seen before that. The, 12 Monkeys in the 90s. It's called, like, Time Chasers or something like that. Time... Hmm. To, is it time, time bandits something. time bandits yes which is apparently what he considers a part of like his weird trilogy of like imagination movies is what he called them or something like that that's amazing um oh so, shit like, sean connery be... shelly duvall john cleese yeah so i haven't seen it but then maybe that could be worth a watch uh you know a young um, boy accidentally joins a band of time traveling dwarves as they jump from era to era looking for treasure to steal. Yeah, listen, that right, sounds, sounds cool. going to be <laughs> listen, that I'm not saying legit. it's going to be <laughs> That sounds dope. I'm not going to lie. I want I'm in. I'm in. Um, but do you guys have any final thoughts or anything about Brazil? I mean, there's we didn't touch so nearly much everything, yeah. but like I think you should watch it. I think you should prepare to be maybe not happy when the movie ends. Um, we're to be weirded out at many points where yeah. it's like what the fuck is going it's on? a very strange I, film i think it's really really wonderful and worth watching i also want to say that this film i feel like benefits from being able to talk about it so yeah. if you're able to watch it with someone or Agreed. watch it away from someone and then talk about it afterwards um can benefit immensely i think yes yeah, definitely agree great great pick Cobb. happy to have nice seen pick. it um yeah it was, next up is it was will dope. Yeah, who knows that I'll choose. Yeah, another last-minute decision, just like mine was, where <laughs> I told the boys the next day after we recorded the last episode. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Mine's been decided. Mine's... Trevor's has been decided for, I think, like six months now. Cause tre- He's been pushing Trevor this works, one off. But... He's been pushing I pushed it off once, to be fair. It was only once, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you guys for the next Show Me Something podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening Thank and you. for watching Brazil. And um, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye.